0: So I guess you already figured it out, but uh, in case you don't, my first language is uh, Spanish. If, uh, if you miss something that I say, I got, you co- I got you covered, I got, uh, I got you a book, and um, I got a book I wrote. And this book is a testimony because I only went to fourth grade. so just, uh, this, this is, I'm going to talk, uh, I got a lot of things I told the Lord to help me to share what He wants you to hear. Um, if you, I brought several copies, and uh, if you want one, that my wife is here, and uh, $10 for a copy, and the money goes to our ministry, we travel, now um, helping ministries and Central and Mexico, Central America and Mexico, uh, with resources and uh, helping a lot of ministers there that are very poor. Um, So, we're going to pray, and uh, I know some of you like to read the Bible at the beginning, but we're going to do that at the end. We're going to save the best for last, okay? So, let's pray. Uh, I would like to pray... Uh, that the Lord will bless this message and uh, Heavenly Father we just uh, we just love you and thank you um, my desire Father is that um, whatever I share today um, is just what my brothers need to hear uh, I just pray that your heart will flow through my heart to their heart in Jesus name Amen um, I brought a picture of my family just to you to know. This is, uh, that's my wife and my two boys. I abandoned those two boys. I'm going to share a little bit about them. And they married and now I have six grandkids. So, but this is the fruit of uh, what a homeless uh, uh, what the Lord did in my life after being a homeless guy. So, um, I was born in Honduras. How many of you have been in Honduras? All right, two of you guys. But before, so, uh, uh, so I'd I like to give this book to, let's see, I asked the Holy Spirit, uh, do I do it by age or, or who came first? But I saw, so if you want to read my book, I want to give you my book to you. And uh, so the Lord put it in my heart to give it to you. Right here. So you want to come and get it? Are you (laughs) excited about it? (laughs) Or like, I don't know. If you're not, I want to read it. God bless you, man. Yeah. So um, to start, there is something interesting about my family. We are 21 brothers and sisters. Let me explain a little bit. My father was married with the first uh, lady, I'm not going to say uh, wife because the, none of them were married, my mom or him. So he had nine kids with the first lady and then my mom on the other side, she had three kids. Her first guy got killed. Then the, the, my daddy left the first family and came together with my mom and had nine more kids. So 21, I am one of them. So I don't know what number I am but I'm here. Um, I grew up very poor, very, very poor. Just a little bit that you can have any idea of how poor I grew up. Um, at the first, in first grade, I remember I didn't have a notebook or to, to write, so my mom snatched three pages from my older brother that were going to school, fold them, saw it in the middle, and gave me a pencil and go, go to school, first grade. No shoes. Um, my clothes uh, was made of this, uh, with suspenders from this, uh, what, a feed sacks? That's how they call. And if you were not careful with these feed sacks, they, they have big letters, what the company name had. It's like, in Honduras, we'll say, rice, arroz. Santa Rosa, if you're not careful, you would put that book, those big letters in the back, you know. <laughs> so, it was amazing the way I grew up. I remember I hate those pants. I hate them. You know, they have this little triangle in, this, in here, but I hate those things. And um, But that's the way I grew up. Um, at the I only went to fourth grade, so I was 10 years old when I convinced my daddy if I can go to work with him. I don't know. I grew up very poor, but my daddy was very, very, very rich. He owns a lot of lands, uh, uh, livestock, a lot. I remember at least 100 cows and uh, uh, ho- uh, oxes, and it, he was very rich, and um, but for some reason, he didn't think that we needed anything else. And he thought always that if you learn to read and, and write and count till 10, that was enough. That was, that was his mentality. And so I guess it worked because he was very rich. And um, by the age of 18, uh, I was working very hard you know, raising horses, cows, and things like that, working in the farm. But then I realized that my, one of my sisters and all my friends were, were graduating from, from high school and going to, call, going to universities, And I was like, I'm tossed here, you know? So I started thinking i got to do something. By that time, the government was giving um, scholarships to people like me, I took two courses on a vet, veterinarian, to be a veterinarian, but there was no money there because every farmer in Honduras will take care of their animals, so no no work. Finally, I, I took a course that, uh, to become a mason. I learned how to do block, brick, um, and a little bit of flooring, and... Um, With that, I was able to come out from the town, the little town where I grew up, to the city. And then I went up to the bigger cities in Honduras. And there I was working for this big company now, making good money. Um, But a guy found me there working, and, and he told me, hey, look, this was 1989, if you go to the United States and do what you're doing right now, you can make $25 per hour. I was like, I started counting with my fingers, oh my God, you know, $25 per hour. Even if it take me two, three months to get there, I will double that money quick over there. So I decided to come to the United States. So I, um, I crossed illegal Guatemala, Uh, Mexico, Guatemala, they only give you a little permit for about uh, 50 miles, but they don't let you go farther because they know that you're coming to the United States, so they will will catch you. So for you to have any idea where I was, I crossed Guatemala Mexico. And the thing was that they sent you back in Mexico. At that time, today it's easier to just come, looks like, but... Anyway, at that time, <laughs> at that time, the, the United States had a deal that if they catch one of us closer to the border, they, they would get $200 in, uh, and so for each of us. So, I thought that was great. So, they would send me in Mexico. They catch me several times and send me back to Guatemala. So, in Guatemala, I set my mind. I said, I don't have no business to go to Honduras, so I need... If a hundred times they send me back, a hundred times I'm going to try it. So I made it. Um, It was very hard once that I came to the United States because of the the way that things work here are different. And, uh, you know, so very difficult. But I stayed here for five years. Um, I worked for five years. I collect a little bit of money. And uh, I learned. So when I got here, I didn't know how to drive. I didn't know uh, English, zero English. I'm the first one in the family that I came. Uh, I didn't know what to do. So it was very difficult to find a place to rent, uh, to live. Very hard. But uh, I made it. I stayed here for five years, and then I decided to go back to Honduras because I thought I'm going to have a business over there with the money that I collected. Uh, vices were growing in me too. I was uh, drinking, smoking, and potty, so I should I, I was going to save more money, but uh, those things were, that was like a hole where my part of my money was going. So, um, I was very proud that I came to the United States. To come to the United States at that time, it was like the biggest thing that can happen to a Honduran man. Even, even if they were rich or poor, that was a big, big deal. So I went back. Uh, I was excited to tell my mom, my daddy, you know, I, I, I had success. I had money. I, I I know how to drive. And so I got to my little town, and everybody was already knew that I was coming. You know how the news goes through little towns. And... Um, But I was excited to see my daddy and my mom. When I got there, um, I didn't know my daddy was uh, in the bed. And uh, uh, when I got into the room, I told, Daddy, I'm here. And he looked at me like this, and he said, Who are you? I didn't know that my daddy had Alzheimer's. And uh, at that moment, I felt like my world uh, collapsed, and I was like, Man, this is this is the hardest thing I ever I I ever have in my life. This is a big hit in my in my heart. And that's when I um um I start drinking more to heal the wounds that, that wound that happened to me. And uh, all suddenly uh I started Living again that life that I was living in Honduras, I forgot that I was poor, that I didn't have a a toilet in the house like here. I realized the flies come to eat with me. I'm like, I don't want this. I'm going back to the United States, and um, so I moved my mom, my daddy, to the city because they were all they they were they were sick and need medicine. They were coming to the town often, and they had to drive this bus and. I told my mom, I'm going to take you to the city, I'm going to rent the house, and I did. I sold my car, I put some money together, I told my mom, I'm going to leave you money for about uh, three months. I think in three months I can make it back to the United States, and uh, then I start helping you again. So I did, I I rent a nice house, and I moved into the city and left the money, and for three months, and uh, I came back. Oh man, it was hard. It took me literally three months to get here again. It was very hard, but I started when I got here. I started drinking and um, doing worse than I was doing before, and the three months were coming closer that I cannot help my family because the vices are in, were increasing, and. Um, So I was living in Houston, Texas, and I was getting desperate. I need to help my family. I need to help my family. I don't know how to get out of this. And um, there was a time when, uh, like around 2 o'clock in the morning, when I arrived from, to my, you know, uh, ugly apartment, and uh, uh, I started crying. At 2 o'clock in the morning after I came back from the nightclubs. And I started crying, crying. I didn't know why I was crying. But uh, I started saying, dear God, help me. Dear God, help me. But I was crying desperately. And that's the title of my book. And this is where my testimony started. Um, You know, because at that moment, I didn't know then, but I know now that, uh, that God answered he hear me, and he answered my prayer. And I didn't know what I want either, but I wanted to get out of that life. You know, I want to be, a, I want to have my family. I want to be a person that, that, you know, better person, but I was not able to do it. It was very hard to, to come out from these uh, vices. And, and so um, at that time, uh, when I came back, I bought a little Toyota Corolla for $500, and... Um, I was driving that, and the next day I, I told my one of my friends that, that was leaving the apartment, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving, and he said, where are you going? I said, I don't know. So I called a friend that was living in Washington, this he was from El Salvador, and um, uh, he used to live in Houston, but he moved to Washington. and. Um, I told him, hey, I called him, I got to go to the payphone and and call him, and uh, some of the young kids don't know what a payphone is, so <laughs> I wish I have a picture, but anyway, I called him, and he was from El Salvador, and he said, well, if you come here, you can come with uh, food and apartment, and you can look for a job here. I said, okay, I'm leaving Houston. I thought that Houston was the problem, right? So, um, and I said, okay, can you tell me how to get there? He said, I I can't tell you. He said, but why don't you drive like 1,500 miles to Washington and um, and, and, and just come. And when you get closer, I I can tell you how to get here. I said, okay. I thought that I was a smart guy. I went to a little convenience store, bought me one of those maps that stand like an accordion right here in the the dashboard of your car. And I started looking for the word Washington. I I was like, where is it? And i like, ha. Here is, you know, Big World, Washington. And I said, okay, I'm going to go, and I figured out I'm going to go through here. I went through Denver, uh, and all suddenly, uh, I drove 1,500 miles, like he told me. And uh, so I, I got another payphone when I was in Wyoming, and, uh, and I, uh, I called him, and I said, hey, I'm here in this town. Uh, I drove 1,500 miles, and and he said, what is the name of the town? I say, Wyoming. He said, I never heard of that. <laughs> and so I, I started to thinking. I called my brother, can you find out where this guy is? And he was in Washington, D.C. <laughs> but Washington, D.C., you can't see it because it's crowded. The map is, is, you know, you can't see it. So I drove there. I went to Washington, D.C., uh, uh, finally got there uh, and the cold weather started. I remember that in a week I went to a, a, a party with him and I came out in the night and my car was covered with snow. I never <laughs> saw a se- or saw a snow in the past. Anyways, but um, my car didn't pass the inspection in Washington DC and I have six months left. That plus the cold weather, I'm a chicken for the cold weather, so uh, I decided to drive back to Texas to take advantage of that uh, six more months of the inspection, and I decided to drive back to Dallas, and um, at that time, I have some jewelry with me. I thought, okay, if I go to Dallas, I pawn my jewelry, give me an apartment. I figured it out, you know, sometimes we think we're so smart, and and, uh, but when I when I got to Dallas, I didn't have any money. Um, they gave me like uh, sixty dollars. I made it in gasoline for, with that little car. Sixty dollars, I made it all the way to Dallas. But uh, when I got to Dallas, I started looking for a place, and the pawn shop were closed. And uh, finally, I decided I got to sleep here. And this was a, there was a parking lot where um, uh, there was a little church, and then I didn't know uh, there was a shelter. There were uh, the same owners, the same property owners. There was a shelter there, but I didn't know that was a shelter. So when I was, I was about to go asleep in the parking lot, I saw light in the building, and I thought, uh, I don't feel safe here. I'm gonna ask the people to let me put my car in the fence area, and then uh, I'm going to ask them if I can stay there. So um, they let me in. A guy came out and said, hey, we just opened this shelter. You're the first guest here. So <laughs> they let me in, and uh, they only let you in for three or four days, but because I was I a was hard, hard worker, and I, I helped them with the yard and do a lot of work. So they let me stay there, and um, the the pastor who was uh, who opened the shelter was an American guy. He didn't speak Spanish, but they had a guy bilingual there. But there was a Hispanic church, and uh, so they introduced me with the pastor in the Hispanic church. And, uh, and from there, I start uh, like talking to the pastor of that church, and and. Uh, Three days, I'm making the story very short. Time is coming. (laughs) And um, the pastor invited me to go to the office one time after one, two services, two weeks after. And he said, would you like to come and talk to me here at the office? And I said, okay. And um, I did. I don't know, but he didn't share any scripture with me. All what, I, what he did is I sit down, I sat in front of his uh, desk, and um, he asked me a few questions about work or whatever, and then he say, have you ever accepted Jesus into your heart? I say, no. And then he said, would you like to do it? I thought, well, you know, at that moment where a hundred thoughts can come through your mind in ten seconds, what my friends are going to say... Um, how about my life is going to change and all this thing. But then all suddenly, well, Jesus is not a bad idea to have with you, you know. And I say yes, but it was like seconds. And I say, oh, yes. And he was like amazed because not many people say yes right away, but I did. And uh, and I didn't know what I was doing really at all. And uh, he said, okay. He was probably amazed that I say Yes. And I was okay. He said, "Pray with me." And we pray. He said, "Close your eyes." And we—I closed my eyes—and we prayed. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. And when I opened my heart, I looked at Him, and 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 uh, and I thought, you know, nothing happened to me, because some people in the past, especially in my country, will say, "Oh, I saw a big light," or "I felt something," but nothing. I was nothing happened inside of me, and. And uh, I told the pastor, well, and now what? You know, I got this Jesus in my heart, and now what? And then uh, he said, well, life is gonna go on, and you're gonna go back to your life and work. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Well, the next day I was looking for work, and I drove uh, to look for an address. Remember those books, MAPSCO or Key Map? So I stopped by the uh, side of the road, the highway. To look for the address when I was getting closer, when I uh, decided, okay, I know where I'm going. I went back into the uh, right lane, the first lane. Looks like there was a guy in a hurry, and uh, and I was not. I mean, my little car was not speeding up at all. So this guy was in a hurry and started honking very close to my car. Oh, the old man came out, pushed the brake. You know, the, but the guy was able, able to skip and go. But I was like, you know, and saying bad words and pulling my finger out to him and all that stuff. But then immediately when he was a little bit farther, I felt something. I was like, oh, my God, what did I do? And and uh, I need to go to this guy and follow him to tell him that I'm sorry. And I was like, so, and I, I didn't go to look for the address. I turned back. And I was like, I need to talk to the pastor. I wanted to tell him that whatever I did yesterday is over, and I'm I felt worse. I felt worse than I used to before. I never felt that before. And uh, so, luckily, when I went back, the pastor was there at the office, and um, and I told him, uh, Pastor, when I want to talk to you. You know, I, and I told him the story, and he kind of smiled. It bothered me that he smiled after I told him because I like, he should be praying for me. And he says, Luis, from now on, you know know that you're going to have someone with you who's going to guide you to have a better life. That is a sign that someone is with you and wants to do better in your life. I was like, wow, that's good. Okay, well, I was like, hmm, I don't know, but the the story came that I was... When I needed a nail from Home Depot, I don't want to buy a box. I just opened the box, take a couple nails, put it in my pocket, and go home. Uh, so I I did that. I wanted to do that, but the inside says, no, you're not doing that anymore. Buy the box. That's what I started doing. Then I remember that my boss had a warehouse I never asked for a thing. I just grabbed them. But this time when I want to grab something, the, there is something inside of me. He said, no, go ask the guy. He will give it to you. Okay, I went and I say, hey, I need something from your warehouse. He said, take it. I was like, this guy is awesome. <laughs> this guy is great. A lot some miracles started happening. Um, I was not looking for a lady anymore. I don't know what happened. But it was my priority in life always to find somebody. You know, I was a bad person. And so I told, Lord, I don't want to look for somebody. Then the lady popped up here at Bible study. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't. And I say, okay, Lord, if you want me to tell her something, I need, you, I need a sign. I started talking with this guy that was inside of me. And I said, okay, I'm going to go visit her give me a sign. If you want me to tell her something, you know, and, uh, uh, and if you don't, I want you to make a flat tire on my car, you know, and so the the tire didn't get flat, so that's, that was a good sign. <laughs> and I told her wrong The the when I want to tell her, you know, I practice in Spanish, my words, romantic words, beautiful words, and when I told her, I told her backwards, she didn't answer. I was like, ah, oh, she don't want nothing to do with me. But anyway, when um, I want to share uh, the greatest miracle that I received personally uh, is that, that the shelter pastor, when I told him we were going to get married, he says, um, have, you, have you checked your, oh, he asked me, when was the last time you have, you have sex? And I told him, he said, have you ever checked? with the doctor if you are okay. At that time, AIDS was a big deal. And I say, "Uh, no, I haven't. And and say, how are you going to marry Susan? And so you need to check first. And then if you are okay, I think it's fine. But if you're not, that's a problem. Oh, my life started getting like, but like, I felt so bad. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to go do this test when the envelope came I don't want to open it because I knew that i had been in bad places. But I pray since that I did the test all the way till I opened the envelope. I prayed Lord God and I feel the Lord healed me even though I never get anything but I, I felt the Lord did that in my life. So when I opened the envelope and it was everything was fine. I, I lift it up and I jump. I didn't know how to do. I jump high, and I was like, "You can imagine the feeling of happiness that I have that I can also marry Susan." That that's, that was one of the greatest miracles that I received, and also my kids they are from different moms. Uh, two years later, they both decided to send it back that I can raise them with me, and you see how God restored. He saved me, and they never met before, and they love each other like the best brothers you you never you, you never seen. So my my Lord, not just save me, my Lord restore my family. My my the Lord gave me this powerful, powerful, powerful woman that I'm amazed. The thanks God in her my life changed So. That is my testimony, and there is a lot, a lot more things. My time is—I is, got four or five minutes left, but I told you we're going to read the Bible today, and if you find Joshua, uh, four. This is the part where they cross the Jordan to go into the Promised Land, and uh, so the chapter six—I mean the chapter four, verse six. Is talking about where they build a, a, a monument of the stones, an altar, whatever you want to call them. But this is the reason why God told Joshua to build this. He says, uh, verse 6, Are you there? That this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in the time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then he says, Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When we pass over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So this stone shall be to the people of Israel a memorial. I would call it here a testimony. A testimony forever. And so this is my testimony. But as the, the hymn or the song says, people need the Lord. And they need to hear how excited you are about your salvation. Your children need to know that you're excited about this Jesus in you. You shouldn't be out of hope that you're not embarrassed to share Jesus with people. This is You have a testimony. And what God is saying here is, Tell the people how awesome I am. Tell them that I separated the waters and the, and the river for you to go in and walk into the promised land. And to me, the salvation is, the, is better than crossing the Jordan. To me, salvation is the greatest thing, the greatest thing that ever happened to us. That I'm going to share eternity with you forever and ever in a great place. And that's what we see in the song Jesus saved today. But Jesus also restored. Jesus set you free from all those bondage that I have in my life. Imagine I don't know. I feel that I'm super, super blessed. I say, Lord, favor is not fair, but your favor came to me. Because immediately when I became, uh, I accepted the Lord Jesus in my heart. Everything, all the looks like he cut off like the Jordan, my old life, and I started a new life because I I didn't uh, want to smoke anymore. I didn't want to drink. I don't know, for some reason, I don't want to be with anybody. All those things, he switched everything and gave me not just a new spiritual life, but a new opportunity, a new beginning. And the Lord wants to do that with Anybody, with anybody, so uh, ch- Jesus is still in the business today of saving, restoring, setting people free, and and He wants to do that with, with not just with me, with anybody. This God that I didn't know, I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is a great, great God. Um, so I ch- I. I just want to encourage you. Uh, my hope that my testimony inspires you to, to come closer to this God that that wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you. And he used the way you are. You don't have to go with this uh, you know with these things that sometimes we even change the voice and, <laughs> to talk to him. Just talk to him with, the way you are. He is awesome. He wants to talk to you, and he wants to give you great things in your life. So I'm done. <laughs> there is a lot of great things I want to tell you, but I want to respect your time. Um, so uh, those two boys, I'm very proud of them, uh, Nielsen and Christian. Uh, the best part that I love about them is that they love the Lord. They love the Lord Jesus Christ. You, you, I mean, it's amazing. You know what the Lord did in their heart, too. Okay, so um, thank you so much for uh, investing this time with me. And um, if you need a book, uh, my wife have have uh, 10 or something there, 10, 20 books there. If you want to buy it, $10. I'm not in the business of selling books, but, uh, you know, it's, it's good to, to sell to the U.K. have a copy, but it costs money to make them, so. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Glory to the Lord.